Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Welcome to another podcast from InsideCarolina.com, the independent voice of UNC sports. Brought to you by JohnnyTShirt.com, the go-to provider for all your Tar Heel gear. Welcome to the Inside Carolina Coast to Coast podcast. I'm your host, John Siegley. I'm joined by Sherelle McMillan and Sean Moran. Guys, for this one, we are going to be focusing on UNC basketball recruiting. There was a good amount of news that came out last week when the Tar Heels had the week off. So, Sherelle, let's just jump right into it, man. Coach Williams and his staff, they were on the trail looking at some guys for the upcoming classes. Just kind of give us a an overview, if you will, of what went on in the recruiting scene over the last week. Yeah, so there were two known uh, Roy Williams stops uh, last week. Um, he went to, first off, he went to Indiana to see Caleb First, who's a 2021 forward um, out of Fort Wayne, Indiana. And then the next day he went up to uh, Minnesota, which has been a place that, you know, North Carolina's recruited a, a bunch the last few years. You probably wouldn't expect it, but they've had a ton of players from Minnesota. But uh, he was there for... Chet Holmgren, who is the number two or three player in the 2021 class, depending upon which service and the composite or however you look at things. Um, And then he offered Holmgren basically immediately after that visit up there for practice. So those were the two uh, trips that he took. You know, we've been waiting for them to kind of get a little more serious with targets and kind of figuring out who they're going to look at in 2021. And I think this was a good first step. Um, now that's four players with Carolina offers in the junior class. It's Kennedy Chandler, who is a point guard uh, out of Memphis. And then you have Paolo Benchero, a forward from Seattle, uh, Washington. And you also have Patrick Baldwin, who is a forward, kind of wing forward um, from Wisconsin. Um, and now you add Chef Holcomb. So you can see they they definitely want front court help uh, in 2021, and they definitely need a point guard. So those are the two things that they have right now. And I think, you know, as time goes on, They'll continue to look for that. So Holmgren is listed as seven foot one ninety, plays the center position. What can you tell us about his style of play, Sean? Have you watched a whole lot of him over the over the last recruiting cycle? Um, I haven't been able to watch him a whole lot, but have seen him on TV. Got to see him in person at the USA basketball camp, which I think was his either first or second USA experience. And you know, I'd heard a lot about him, had obviously seen the social media videos of him uh, kind of crossing up Steph Curry and, and going in for a dunk, which went viral. So I was you know very interested to see him in person. And, you know, it's kind of interesting watching him, as you said, seven foot 190. And you kind of have to do a double take when you say that. And he's even skinnier in person when you do see him. Uh, you know, at USA Basketball, you're bringing the best players from all the classes. And, you know, for him going into his junior year, He's still going up against, you know, guys like Dayron and some of the big guys going into their senior year that have an extra year in the weight room. And I thought he was just going to get, you know, pushed around initially. But the thing for him is he's probably one of the most aggressive players that I've seen in the past few years. Um, You know, he kind of 
relished playing with contact when he was in the post. Uh, he was definitely, you know, seeking out contact, trying to bump people, uh, talked a lot of trash, uh, um, which I thought was, was interesting. So he was definitely, despite his frame, uh, you know, he didn't, that he did not let his frame kind of determine his personality on the court. Uh, from an offensive standpoint, he, I would say he's a stretch five, uh, you know, he's seven feet, but is very comfortable from, really the NBA line, shooting threes. Uh, he can handle the ball, but really spent a good amount of his time outside the three-point line. Um, I think as he continues to get stronger, he'll continue to um, you know, score in the post. He did have a, a few nice right-hand hook shots, but for now he's you know, very comfortable shooting outside. He's had a very high percentage, I think over 40% in the Under Armour circuit. And at the same time, he had, I think, four four more blocks per game as well. So you know, he really uses his, his length uh, to block shots and is kind of a, a unicorn, I guess you could say, in terms of how he's playing given his, his size right now. So I would imagine that Roy Williams would also like to get probably that traditional post player, like the the thicker guy who, who's really going to be fitting that style that we know Roy Williams likes. So with this recruiting class, I mean, looking at Caleb first, the other player, Sherelle, that you mentioned that the coaching staff went and visited, do you see him as kind of maybe filling that role, being that maybe a little bit more traditional post player? Do you think the staff is still maybe looking for that guy in the 2021 class? I think they're wanting a combination of both if the opportunity presents itself, because we've talked about it you know, on this podcast for the last three or four years, Roy Williams has been trying to find you know that Luke May type forward the the guy who can play some inside but who also can pick and pop pick and roll um, hit shots from the outside can grab a rebound and push the ball up the court you know that combo Nasir Little really that's kind of the role he played even Cam Johnson to some degree played that so I think he definitely wants that in his offense Holmgren um, is kind of a different beast than those other players he's very unique because the skill level is just so high for someone his size, but also um, he has just such a strength deficit most nights that it's, you know, it's kind of just, it's just really striking. Um, so I, I think that's part of it is that he wants a, a you know, a combo for it, a Luke May type. With Holmgren, though, what he does defensively changes games. Um, you know, I, I think uh, Rob Harrington had a great post about it. Like he'll be a, a plus offensive player, I'm sure in college, but he really is going to change games defensively. His wingspan is so long and he's able to get out and block shots that most players aren't. Um, so just having him in the post, having him there um, will really help a defense. So I think Roy sees that and likes that first is more of um, he's closer to what you would call a traditional big. I think he's uh, trying to develop his uh, face up game and it's still a work in progress, judging from what most people have had to say, you know, I've only seen him once or twice in person. Uh, first um, but he seems to be solidly built you know a decent athlete has really inc- improved his athleticism so I, I think there are a lot of things are there um, for UNC to like um, and I think that's why they went and saw him you know he's definitely an offer candidate what's your take on first Sean do you kind of see him as fitting in maybe that more traditional big type player yeah I mean I also think you know looking at Holmgren one you know every you know he pretty much Every school has offered him or, or showed him interest, so he's he's going to have you know his pick of whatever school he wants to go to, and 
you know, it'll, I think it'll be tough for, for UNC to, to get him. Uh, first, you know, there's a lot of the Midwest Big Ten schools after him. I think he kind of personifies what you would think of, uh, you know, in terms of a Big Ten big man. Um, but, you know, I think it was talked about on the message boards, you know, where Holmgren is a, for, you know, fi- you know for sure, one and done prospect. You have first who will most likely be in college for a few years. Um, you know, I think He's listed at 6'10", but you, you see anything from 6'8", 6'9", 6'10". Um, you know, a left-handed guy, but very good in the post. You know, likes to operate mostly from the post with a little left-hand hook shot. And, you know, he can step out. I'd say he's comfortable from 15 right now. Uh, I think he's talked about wanting to be a stretch four, but doesn't have that in his game yet. So, you know, from operating from the post, I definitely think it's a little more traditional than a a Holmgren. Um, So it's interesting that Roy went to go watch him will be, you know, if an offer is coming, I guess we'll see over the next uh, few weeks. But, you know, really, when you look at the the players that UNC has, quote unquote, interest in, in the 2021 class, I mean, they really need a point guard. They offered Chandler. Um, Christian Landers, the other five-star point guard that they have not been been out to see yet. Um, and there has been talk about him reclassing. And then there's kind of a, let's say, a pretty steep fall off in terms of point guards. And then in terms of the big men, um, you know, the other ones that is, are kind of on the UNC radar, Jabari Smith is more of a, you know, kind of a, I'd say Jonathan Isaac kind of stretch four. And then Nathan Biddle is another stretch five from from Oregon. Um, so there's not a lot of, I'd say, true post players in that really top 40 or 50, uh, because once you start getting out of that top 50, we can kind of see, I, I should say, we've seen how that has worked, um, you know, and it's a lot harder to hit on those guys. So I think it's going to be very interesting over the next few weeks in terms of who Roy and the coaching staff, um, they're really focusing on from the guard and big man position. And, you know, it's important because you just don't know exactly who's going to be on the roster, you know, when the 2021-22 season starts. I mean, if you start mm-hmm. going down it, Garrison Brooks will have graduated. Um, Brandon Huffman will have graduated. So that's two scholarship big men gone. Um, and then it's a safe bet that at least two of Armando Baycott, Dayron Sharp, and Walker Kessler will be gone. So uh, North Carolina could be losing four to five big men uh, at the end of one season. So I think that's why you're seeing a heavy emphasis early in 2021 on bigs. And I think you'll continue to see it over the next, uh, you know, like Sean said, over the next couple of months. And then as you head into the April eval period. Well, and it might be a situation where in that class, Coach Williams and staff tried to get someone that will be that more multi-year project player. So that way they don't have two straight years of a mass exodus in the post position. Guys, let's go ahead, though, and take a quick commercial break to talk about our friends at Giant T-Shirt and GiantT-Shirt.com. They are your place to go for Carolina gear. They are where you can find everything you could possibly want for the Tar Heel fan in your family. It is finally getting cold here in North Carolina. So if you need any hoodies, sweatshirts, sweaters, jackets, whatever you need, that's UNC-themed. You can go over to Franklin Street, where Giant T-Shirt has been in business for decades. They have the absolute best customer service as well. And if you can't make it out to Chapel Hill, you can always shop online at GiantT-Shirt.com, where you have the same great customer service, the same great selection. And also, don't forget that if you are a subscriber to Inside Carolina, 
you get 10% off of your order at johntshirt.com or there at the location on Franklin Street. You can get that 10% off code from the Tar Pit Premium Message Board or the Basketball Premium Message Board. So that's Giant T-Shirt and johntshirt.com, your place to go for Carolina gear. Sticking with the post-recruiting talk, guys, let's talk very briefly about Paulo Bonchero. I have not heard a whole lot about his recruitment lately. Cheryl, do you have any updates on where UNC is at with him at the current time? Uh, not particularly. Uh, he just took an official visit or I think he, yeah, I think he just took an official visit to Gonzaga. So um, he's already taken a few junior year official visits and I'm sure he'll probably do the same thing as a senior. It's not one um, from talking to Evan and the national guys. I think they anticipate uh, ending anytime soon. Uh, so, you know, North Carolina continues to recruit him. Hebert Davis has gone up there, I think a couple times over the last couple of months and, it wouldn't be surprising to see Williams go up again. I think he went in December. Um, so, yeah, I, you know, they'll keep recruiting him. I, you know, it's it's one of those things where um, I'm a bit trigger shy because last year every piece of information for a couple of recruits we got said that recruit isn't going to North Carolina. And that's kind of what we've gotten with Ben Chero, um, considering both his parents went to Washington. He lives in Seattle. So, People just naturally assume that he's going to end up at Washington. But there's talk of a Kennedy Chandler, uh, Banchero package deal. Those typically don't work out, but there's talk of it. So that's something to monitor. Um, and then he does have some uh, familial connections to the state of North Carolina. Um, so, you know, North Carolina has a puncher's chance. They're in it. They made his list They're You know, they got an official visit and really that's all you can ask for. And then looking at the rest of the power forwards that Sean mentioned, Jabari Smith and then Nathan Biddle, sticking with you for just a second, Sherelle, if UNC moves on from Benchero, do you think that an offer could come to either Smith or Biddle, or do you think that the staff could look a little bit further down the line? Yeah, I think it'll be, it'll be a bit of both. I think um, they'll be judicious with offers here uh, prior to the eval period, and then I think you'll see Uh, after the eval period, a couple. And then I think after the MBPA camp in June, um, as well as uh, the high school live period in June, I think you'll see a couple more. And then in July, I think you'll see a couple more. So they have the the good thing about this new calendar is that there are are opportunities in outside of April and July to see players. Now there's not as many, but you can see players in April, you can see players in June, and now you can see players in July. So I think after each one of those periods that North Carolina will probably put out, a few more offers uh, in 2021. Turning now to the recruiting talk about the point guard, combo guard, wings. Sean, where do you think UNC is at on that front? I mean, you both have talked about how they've offered five-star point guard Kennedy Chandler, but clearly the net is still being cast. So, you know, what's kind of the update? What's the talk that you're hearing right now as far as that goes? Well, I think the main thing will be to see if they do decide to do anything with Lander. Um, I think there was you know, a little bit of noise back in December that Roy was going to be able to watch one of his games against Caleb Love, but um, that didn't work out. Part of it was timing. And as I said, there have been rumors about him reclassing. So we'll see, you know, what happens with that. But I would say he would be next up on the list. And then really from a point guard perspective, um, you know, I wouldn't be surprised to see Really, you know, as Sherelle mentioned, see how things start to shake out in April. I think right now the point guard class is pretty weak in 2021 outside of those two. But, you know, anytime the AAU season starts up, there's going to be guys that you haven't heard that much of that go shooting up the rankings. Um, And, you know, there could be 
a guard that that catches Roy's eye um, during some of the EYBL or Adidas or Under Armour tournaments. So I would say Lander might be uh, the next one up from a point guard uh, point guard perspective. But then after that, I would be surprised if there's any uh, significant movement until the the April period. And then from a wing perspective, a lot more wings out there. But uh, Harrison Ingram from Dallas will be taking a unofficial visit for the BC game coming up. Um, and I know, you know, we've talked about him a few times on here. So there's him and then it'll be interesting to see, you know, who else uh, comes, comes to focus right now. Roy and coach Robinson are up in Massachusetts watching the hall of fame classic today. Uh, so they got to see Dayron and puff and, you know, maybe some of the other guys caught their eye. Uh, not sure if they'll be there tomorrow, but a lot of the top teams are playing tomorrow as well. So that could just give them another evaluation point to see who they want to focus on next. And and the point guard thing is why it was very crucial that they were able to sign R.J. Davis in 2020, um, just because it, it gives them a little bit of insurance in case there's not something they like in 2021 from the point guard spot um, or if there's an injury to one of the current players or if somebody doesn't develop the way they want, you know, he kind of helps them in that he, you know, slots as a multi-year player. Um, and even though he might not be, um, people right now uh, see him as more of a scorer, I think he can play point guard um, at the college level. You know, I think it'll be a different type of point guard than maybe people are used to, but I think he can play the position. So having him already in the fold kind of um, – gives them some insurance, uh, you know, some um, just in case for 2021 if they don't find anything that they like. So what's up next as far as the recruiting kind of cycle goes, Sherelle? Do you think that the coaching staff will kind of be quiet until that April period that Sean mentioned? Or do you think that there could be a couple maybe viewings by Coach Williams or the assistant coaches over the next week or month or so? Uh, I forgot to mention, uh, Steve Robinson was down in Concord, North Carolina, to see uh, Jaden Bradley, primarily to see Jaden Bradley, who is the nation's top-ranked point guard in the 2022 class. So just something to note. Um, but, you know, Roy Williams always talks about how um, recruiting is cathartic for him. So the way the season has gone, you know, he needs a bit of it. He needs a lot of it. And so I could see him from here on out taking a few more recruiting trips than normal. Um, just to get out and, you know, channel his energy somewhere positive. So um, he always recruits in season, and I think you'll continue to see him do it again this year. Uh, then uh, the grad transfer market will start to heat up in March. I, I don't know how um, active North Carolina will be in that this season. Um, and then in April is when the, op uh, the open evaluation period, which is for non-scholastic events, you know, a.k.a. AAU, grassroots, whatever you want to call it, uh, is in April, so they can hit the road, see guys there. And then with the schedule change, the, I believe it's the week after, they can actually do in-home visits with players in 2021 and, and offers and everything. So that's when stuff will really start to heat up is, uh, I would say, late March, early April. Uh, between that, it's just going to be visits to high schools, um, visits to games and that sort of thing. All right, guys, let's go ahead and wrap up the podcast with providing an update on some of UNC's commits in the 2020 class. So what's been going on with those guys, Sean? Any recent games that, that you have viewed? Sure. Well, uh, Monver just took down IMG Academy again. So that was a battle of two top 10 teams. Um, although, you know, top 10 teams in high school is a lot different than the college season where there is a dominant 
dominant team, and you know, it'll be, I, I don't see anybody really beating Montverde with how much how much talent they have. Uh, so I think for this in this game, uh, Dayron finished with seven and and twelve or something right around that. But you know, if he was playing on any other team, he'd be averaging you know twenty and twelve. Um, so I think for him, you know, I'm I continue to enjoy watching him play. He had kind of a rim rattling two hand dunk. In the last two minutes, uh, that kind of showcased a little bit of his um, improved athleticism. Uh, so I know he played well. We'll let Terrell talk a little bit more about Puff Johnson. Um, did not see the Hillcrest game, but it's a little difficult to watch any any Hillcrest game, I would say, right now. Um, and not to go too far off tangent, but you know, with Dayron, I think it'll be interesting. We're talking about you know how many of the bigs are are left, and you know, while a lot of the younger guys, I think, are looking, you know, at the G League as though that's a fine, you know, a better opportunity than it was. You know, with Dayron, he has a seven-four wingspan, so he has the the length. But in terms of just how the NBA is going, he's kind of, you know, maybe not the prototypical big, at least right now, that teams are looking for. So, in my mind, you know, I, I think that is a positive for UNC, where he might be, you know, at school maybe a little longer than what we're anticipating, but at the same time, you don't want to be left, you know, with nothing. So obviously under, understand the need for bigs going forward. All right. Well, Sean kind of, kind of set you up there, Sherelle, about Puff Johnson. What can you tell us about his high school season so far? Uh, it's been up and down. And I think a large part of that is because his school situation is a mess. And I don't say that lightly. Um, they've now been, I think they're on their fourth coach is what uh, someone told me today. And, um, you know, they had a good stretch with the third coach. And then, you know, I guess there were some internal issues and he's no longer there. So it's just not a great situation to spend your senior season when you're trying to develop and become a better player. Uh, their team, if you watch them, they're not fun to watch. They are um, I'm trying to choose my words carefully, but they are, un are unorganized, as I say the least. And I don't know if everyone on the team um, is playing for the right reason. Some may be playing for offers, some may be playing for points or social media fame, but it doesn't seem like winning is the primary objective for some players on that team. And that's just a tough situation to be in, considering, you know, he moved across the country to go there to be a starter, to play a national schedule. And, um, you know, <clears throat> I think he's keeping a good attitude about it, uh, but it just hasn't gone the way I think that um, he and his family wished. So, you know, that's it's a little bit rough for him, but the good thing is um, there's only a couple of months left in the season and he'll be able to start training and getting ready for uh, North Carolina. So um, up and down season for Puff, like I said, good couple game stretches there um, where he's hitting shots, but the way the team is set up, he doesn't get a ton of opportunities. Um, he's just kind of turned into a spot up shooter, which, you know, he can do more than that, but that's kind of what he is for this particular team. One quick thing to add. So Martin Luther King Day, Monday is always the big day for the Hoopal, Hoopal Classic. Um, and they're going to have four games on ESPNU with Montverde being one of them at 5 p.m. Eastern. So it'll give everybody a good chance, one, to see Dayron. But, you know, throughout the day, a lot of the top players in the country will be playing. Uh, you know, the game I'm most interested in seeing is at 1 p.m. And that has Sierra Canyon. So uh, Zaire Williams, who obviously has a scholarship offer uh, going against Paul VI in Virginia. And Paul VI has a, a wing, Trevor Keels, that uh, I know 
UNC is aware of and has watched. Um, you know, he recently got a Duke offer, uh, and I know they're recruiting him, but I could see him being a wing that uh, Roy and Co. start looking at possibly down the road as well. So uh, if anybody isn't working, ESPNU should be um, a definite top priority for, for fans looking to see some of the talent coming in. Thanks for the heads up, man. I actually was not aware that that stuff was going on. Uh, there's actually another topic that I wanted to discuss with you guys. That is the return of Cole Anthony. So let's actually take a very quick commercial break. And when we get back, let's wrap up the podcast with just a couple minutes about that. So stay tuned. We'll be right back after this. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. And we're back with the Inside Carolina podcast. John Siegley here with Sherelle McMillan and Sean Moran. So, guys, Cole Anthony has been posting on his social media accounts, you know, talking about his imminent return. It does sound as if he is getting close to rejoining the UNC basketball team. But I think the biggest question right now is, how does his return really impact this season? I mean, he is obviously UNC's best player. He's the best leader of the team, I think. But is his presence going to be enough to turn this around and get UNC in back in contention for some postseason play? Sean, let's go ahead and get your thoughts on that, and then we'll give Sherelle the microphone to wrap it up. Yeah, I'm going to say, you know, I'm definitely – if he, as long as he is coming back, we'll definitely be ready and excited to, to watch him, especially healthy. I don't think we got to see him healthy the last few times he was out on the court, uh, you know, going up against Ohio State and Virginia. So it'll good to be, you know, good to see him healthy, uh, you know, in terms of the season. Uh, I mean, I mean, right now they already have nine losses. So even if they, you know, reeled off, a, you know, a huge win streak, um, you know, I would say, the season itself is, is tough to salvage, especially after, you know, losing the four ACC games in a row against four very winnable opponents. But at the same time, it'll, it could provide some much-needed energy um, just to UNC and the fan base. And then on the court, uh, you finally have a guy that can, one, penetrate and put pressure on the defense, create his own shot, as well as hit three-pointers. Uh, you know, I think the question that has been raised from a, whole perspective is you know what 
what is in it for him? The team's not going to make the tournament barring an ACC tournament run. Um, you know, so is he just risking more injury um, or risk, you know, people picking apart his warts? Um, I mean, I would say people have kind of now seen UNC without Cole. So even if he doesn't play that well, I don't think it'll really change anything. And at the same time, I think it could help his perception, you know, if he's able to play healthy and show off his athleticism and show off his overall ability, which we got to see early on in the year in the all-star tournaments last year, that it could potentially help his draft stock a little bit. So Overall, from a team perspective, I mean, in the long run, I don't think it, it changes much, but it'll definitely make the games more entertaining and gives them a much-needed much weapon of, you know, really a go-to guy uh, that they have not, have not had um, since he went down. All right, Sherelle, last word is yours, man. Yeah, I think, I mean, it's, it's a boon for North Carolina to get a player of his caliber back whenever he does come back. Um, you know, obviously, they've missed him a great deal since he left, I think the thing he has to do is uh, not try to win the seven or eight games that they lost back in one possession, because it, you know, when you're sitting on the sideline and you want to play, um, I could see how he's like, you know what, I want to come in. I got to show everybody that we can, we're still a good team that we can still do this. And that can cause suppressing and trying to do things that maybe you're not fully capable of. Um, so I think he just has to settle in and, and just play how he normally plays. Um, you know, it, it would take a, a miracle run. I mean, he, you know, if he has a chance to be a legend, um, I don't think it'll happen, but he definitely has that opportunity in front of him. Um, but, you know, long term, it, it would just take him getting hot and just becoming, you know, the the best player in the country over the last month for them to kind of reach, I think, the goals that they had set prior to the season. Um, but, yeah, it's it's it definitely helps North Carolina gives him a chance pretty much in uh, almost every game when you have somebody who can go out and drop 40 points. Um, so, you know, it's a positive for UNC. I just think that there's not enough games left for them to make up for the time that he lost. If, you know, if he had missed maybe the first seven games of the season versus kind of those middle seven or eight in December and January, then I think, you know, it's a different story. But they're so far in the hole in ACC play that it's just it's going to take a Herculean effort for them to, um, you know, get back to anything close to contention. Um, the best bet is to try to find a way that they don't have to play on Tuesday in the ACC tournament that they open up on Wednesday. I don't know that that will happen. Um, I doubt it'll happen, but uh, I think that's the best way is to try to sneak try to sneak into Wednesday somehow, some way by getting hot and then winning, you know, four games in four days versus five games in five days. All right, guys, good stuff. We will go ahead and wrap up this edition of the Coast to Coast podcast with that. Thank you guys a lot for talking with me and hope that you both have a great rest of your Sunday night. All right. Thank you very much. Have a good one. Thanks for listening to another podcast from InsideCarolina.com. Brought to you by JohnnyTShirt.com. Where to go for your next Tar Heel gear purchase. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. 
We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 